Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode, the pilot episode, episode number one, and hopefully one of many episodes of Metalcore More Podcast. I'm your host, Metalcore Mike, and this podcast is going to pertain not only of the Metalcore genre, not only rock, not only alternative, not only grunge, but we are going to cover many aspects of music of its own. This is a music podcast, not just a metalcore podcast. We are not just going to focus and talk about bands like Ice Nine Kills, Motionless and White. We are going to focus on artists of its own. We might talk about K-pop artists like BTS and Blackpink. We may talk about regular pop artists like Shawn Mendes and Justin Bieber. But we're going to cover bands as well as Slipknot, Breaking Benjamin, Three Days Grace, Chevelle, Papa Roach, Bring Me the Horizon. And we're even going to cover local acts. Yes, I said it. The one thing that a lot of music podcasts do not cover is covering the beginning, where bands start, and that is local, where bands come from. And yes, we are going to cover local acts. Earlier this week when I started putting together this podcast, I was able to get my very first interview set up and ready to go for this fall, and a band out of South Carolina called Skylight Heights. The lead singer, Sammy, will be joining me on the podcast later on this year, in October, when the band travels to Pennsylvania. My name is Mike, aka Metalcore Mike, and this podcast is based in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And I don't know if I'm the very first podcaster in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I have not heard any people doing any podcasts in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I've heard people do radio shows. I've heard people, seen people do TV shows. I've seen people do Facebook live shows. But a regular podcast, to sit down and have a discussion and to talk about an interest. And I have many interests. I'm interested in sports, video games. But if I had to pick my number one interest, it would have to be music. Music has been a huge influence in my life. I am a musician. I've been a drummer for 20 years now. And I started off liking music that just consisted from the movies and TV shows. And then I moved into the hip-hop and rap genre early in my life of listening to full albums. And then in the year 2000, I was introduced to rock. very first band that I ever listened to, the very first album I ever owned was Disturbed's very first record. My second album that I ever owned was Linkin Park's very first record. And then it all just started collectively building from there. From Drowning Pool to Papa Roach, Saliva, Trapped, Hatebreed. There's one thing that I like to focus on, though, 
is how people react to music. What people's visions are when it comes to music. What people think. What people hear. I sat back thinking about how I was going to produce this podcast. Not only episode one, but beyond episode one. And my vision is very, very big. I'm not looking for fame. I'm not looking to make money. I'm not looking for anything like that. I'm just looking to have fun and talk about one thing that I love and I love the most. And that is music. There's a lot of podcasts out there that people do and they sit back and they like to pretty much take their shots at artists. They don't like to look at the good that the artist does. They don't like to focus on what the artist is writing about in a whole. They like to just sit there and listen and say, oh, this artist made this downfall here. Or this artist did this and changed this sound and we don't like this. This is the thing I don't want to hear anymore from this band. I don't think they should have went this direction. Now, will will those focuses be pointed out? Probably. Will I sit here and say, do I think this artist should have went this direction? Maybe. But I'm not going to say it in a negative manner. Because I think all music, all music is precious. Because an artist on what they write can hit somebody in many different ways. It can hit home for somebody. Whether it's Last Resort by Papa Roach or Treat You Better by Shawn Mendes. The song hits somebody. So we're going to touch topics on many different ways many 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 different topics many different ways in this podcast we are going to have artists on the show i'm going to be interviewing artists um artists you may know artists you may not know artists that you may be introduced to that you might want to check out down down the line somewhere and may want to get into and i apologize if you hear some scratching i do have a little puppy she is one year old, one years old, one year old, I should say. Her name is Summer. And as I sit here trying to introduce you to this podcast, she is scratching at my door. For what reason, I don't know. But I'm going to take a quick commercial break. And when I get back, we're going to get on a topic. And the first topic I want to touch base on is how divided music can be. The dividing of music, basically, as I should say, because as the years have gone on, we have broken down music into different genres. And it just didn't go, it just went, it, it, and I'm not just talking about we have rock, rap, hip-hop, jazz. Now it's we have rock, hard rock, metal, metalcore, alternative, grunge. Why are we breaking music down to these levels? Back in the day, it used to be one big family. 
It was either rock or rap or hip-hop or jazz. Why do we have all these different genres now is the question. We're going to touch base on that. We are also going to touch base on dividing amongst each other in your genre. I'm going to talk about an interview that I heard earlier this week. I'm going to touch base on that when I get back. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And uh, we're going to start touching base on the very first subject here on Metalcore and More. All right, and we are back here on Metalcore and More. So, like I said, I want to start touching base on how divided music has become in genres and why we break down our genres in different aspects now. Years ago, rock used to just be rock. You used to have Metallica, Megadeth, Pantera, you know, all those, they, they, they like to call them the 80s hair metal era. But they didn't call it then, that, back then. They just called it rock. And as time went on, you had different sounding musicians come out. And there was really no description. They would just sit there and say, this is rock. This is rock music. Or this is hip hop. Or this is rap. You know, it, it was never it was never broken down the way things are today. I had a discussion with a friend a couple weeks ago about a band, um, and the discussion was whether this band was a metalcore band or a regular rock band. I sat there and said, "This band's not metalcore." But he decided to look this band up and look up the description and said, you know, metalcore band. And I sat there thinking, there's, you, know, you look at, you listen to him and it's, this isn't metalcore. This is not a metalcore band. This is a rock band. Now, I will say this, I'm guilty, as well as pretty much everybody in this world, of following the breaking down of our genres of music. And I guess it's a natural act now. I guess it's just a natural thing. Because if I sat here and said, you know, Justin Bieber was a, a hip-hop pop artist. People look at me like, no, he's a pop artist. But he has a little bit of hip-hop in his music. Hip-hop pop. No, he's a pop artist. That's just like if I would sit here and say, you know, Hailstorm is a rock, is a rock band or a metal band. Actually, I should say. Say, say I would say, Hailstorm's a metal band. No, they're a rock band. You always have those politically correct people who will correct you on things because they feel like if you don't describe it right 
they got to fix it because they feel like you're not right. And it doesn't bother me per se that we break these musicians into their own genres. But if you were to walk up to an artist and say, what genre are you? Guarantee they'll say rap or hip hop or rock. They're not going to sit there and be like, oh, I'm a metal, I'm a metalcore artist or I'm a, I'm a hardcore rapper. You know, I'm a street rapper. I'm a, you know, I'm a free stylist. I'm, you know, I could beatbox a beat while I'm rapping. Like you're not going to have that. You're not going to have artists sit there and give you, you know, the genre that they're broken down to. They're going to tell you, I play rock music. I rap. I'm a pop artist. And I've 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 done it. I've I've talked to artists and and, and asked that that question. And they would sit there and say, "Play rock." The only thing I think that breaks down these artists is the fact of their influences. Because every artist, almost every artist, 99% of your artists always have an influence. If these artists did not have influences, then what drove the artist to get started? I mean, could it happen naturally? Yeah, I mean, music can come naturally. You don't have to, you know, you, you really don't have to have an influence. I mean, but there's had to be something to trigger the fact that you wanted to start writing a song or writing music or, you know, doing something along those lines. And, you know, you, you go on, you know, Wikipedia, people go on Wikipedia and research things nowadays. That's pretty much almost 99% of your search engine now is Wikipedia for all types of information on anybody because people want to know. People want to know, you know, is this person really dating, you know, this person? Did this person get married? When's their birthday? You know, what's their, you know, their preferences as far as, uh, you know, Sexual preferences, I should say. You know, people want to know this stuff. People want that information. People are hungry for that information. But these artists, they, you know, 99% of your artists have the influences. And a lot of people like to base these artists off their influences. And I think that's one thing that confuses a lot of people when they hear artists say, oh, I'm rock. They sit there and say, no, you're metalcore. People have to be politically correct. And I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like I said, I mean, I'm guilty. I'm guilty by it. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm guilty by it. I'll sit there and say, you know, no, this band's metalcore. Or no, this band's, you know, metal, hard rock. Hair metal, you know, death metal, country, jazz, you know, I'm guilty. I'll admit it. But to be politically correct about what you're listening to, I don't think really should matter, especially in this day and age. Because it's not like 
you know, you're going to what you walk into a music store and it's very hard nowadays. I will say this right now. A lot of music stores are shutting down. I think the only music store that I've really seen anymore is FYE. Go over to the mall and go into FYE. But FYE isn't fully music anymore. FYE has movies. I mean, FYE has always had movies. They've always had records. They've always had collectible stuff. You know, but... uh, They've grown more towards... The collectibles and the... And the, uh, you know, not so much records anymore. I mean, you walk into the store and... You want to look for a CD and... Nine times out of ten, that CD's not there. Because people are relying on digital now. Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music. You know, anywhere they can download a song. YouTube. And... But you walk into a music store and... Even to this day... They only break it down to the basic genres. You walk over, you see rap. You see rock. You see hip-hop. You see jazz. And now they even have the K-pop, Korean pop. Because Korean pop has become so huge. Even in our country, even in America... It has become a very huge genre. And the demographic for it runs between the ages of 8 and 21, 22 years old. But that's the thing is you walk into a music store and you don't see the breakdowns that people put on these artists. You just see the basic breakdowns of rock, rap, hip-hop, jazz. So, my question is, is, is why do we have to break down these artists and put them in different categories? Why can't they be one big family? Why does it have to be broken down? Now, I'll say this. Do I like that it's broken down? I guess so. I guess I can sit there and say I like the fact that, you know, we've kind of branched out and gave certain sounds their own genre. It's kind of like going back to the 90s, the grunge era, when you had, you know, Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, you know, a lot of your grunge artists that came out. Like Kurt Cobain. You know, that was considered the grunge era. And that was an era where I would have to say in the rock rock area that things were really divided because, you know, this was coming off the toes of you know, Metallica and Megadeth, you know, taking over the world. Even bands like Rush, you know, Motley Crue, 
they were on top of the world. And then you had artists like I said, Stone Temple Pilots and and you know like Kurt Cobain came along. All these, all these, grunt this grunge era came along. And all of a sudden, bam. And a lot of people didn't like that era. A lot of people to this day still sit there and say, how did this become so big? How did this era become such a huge deal? But it did. Because... These artists wrote music, like I said, that connects with that demographic, connects with people. And I think that's when music really started to favor the fans more. Because back in the day, you know, you had rap artists like, you know, the NWA. NWA, when they rapped, they rapped about life. They rapped about the stuff they were going through on an everyday. NWA, by far the most iconic rap group of all time. You had Dre, you had Snoop Dogg, you had Eazy-E. The NWA was raw, hard. But it meant something to a lot of people because they were speaking from their minds and their heart. And people to this day still blame them for a lot of things, you know, a lot of riots that happened and, you know, violence and stuff like that. But it's, I got to clearly say this right now, people turn to blame But you're going to sit there and blame a musician for the way these people like people act. But all they're doing is writing music and writing about their life. What they've gone through in the everyday struggle. And we're talking about a time when, you know, Cops were, you know, at their hardest and, you know, coming down on these guys and they wrote about it. Songs like Fuck the Police. It was just their life. But people like to point fingers because they like to say, oh, they caused these issues. But that was an era, that was the 90s, is when music really started, I think, connecting with people in a whole. Because if you go back and you listen to music that, like, Metallica wrote Megadeth, you know, stuff like that, that, that was music that didn't really, you know, kept connect on a personal level with a lot of people. But when the grunge era started, you know, early 90s rap, hip-hop, that's when it really started relating with people's personal lives. And to this day, that is what music does now. Is it connects with people on that personal level. 
But to break these artists down into different genres and different different demographics because of the meaning of their songs and the way it's written and the way it sounds. Like I said, I could be guilty of doing it, but I have to say it could be too much too. Because like I said, these artists, they will sit there and tell you, I'm rap, I'm rock. They will distinctively describe themselves as one thing and not five different things. I'm going to take a break for a moment. When I get back, we're going to touch a, I'm going to touch on a subject on an interview that I heard on the internet earlier this week. And it has to revolve around a very huge rap artist. So when we get back, I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Put my thoughts on it. And, uh, yeah, you're listening to the Metalcore More podcast. So I was watching some uh, videos on Facebook the other day. Uh, you know, people post some videos up about interviews and stuff that they see. You know, you see people um, like YouTubers have their videos posted up, like reaction time and everything. And uh, there's a video up there basically about involving Eminem. And this video broke down pretty much battles between him and other artists. You know, he would have a you know a reaction to whatever they would say. And me personally, I'm not very big into hip hop and rap much like I used to be, but I'll still listen to it. I'll listen to, you know, the older stuff and you know, I'll listen to rap that I feel is worth listening to. I mean, we got a lot of, I mean, I don't know if you'd want to call them rappers today, because a lot of rap is a lot of mumbling now. You know, and people like to say, you know, oh, they're, they're noun rappers. And I'm like, what do you mean noun rappers? You know... All you hear is, you know, like, why? But I'll listen to, like, the older stuff. And even if these older artists that I listened to back in the day, you know, come out with new stuff. You know, Eminem just dropped a new record in the past year. And I listened to it, and it was a really good album. I enjoyed it. I actually sat down, I listened to the whole thing, and I, I enjoyed it. But back to this video that I seen. It involved Eminem. And pretty much every time another artist would say something, he'd react to it. You know, artists like MGK. And one of the artists, and I, I forget who it was, I forget the name. I, I wish I would have jotted this name down, but I didn't. But anyways... They sat there and said that, you know, oh, Eminem's, you know, Eminem's good, but he's not one of the best. And I'm sitting there thinking, Eminem broke barriers. Eminem, 
you know, we may have had, like, Vanilla Ice and, you know, New Kids on the Block. You know, I don't know if you'd consider them, you know, white rappers. But Eminem was probably one of the very first true, you know, white rappers. And I'm going somewhere with this story. So anyways, this uh, this artist, you know, sat there and said, you know, Eminem's not one of the best. I wouldn't consider him one of the best. The guy's written how many albums and top chart, like chart-topping albums, chart-topping, you know, top-of-the-chart songs, singles, even freestyles. And this artist said he's not one of the best. I'm sitting there thinking... What does this artist do? Because I never heard of this guy. So I researched and I was like, this is another mumble rapper. One of these new rappers that either you don't understand what they're saying or you don't know what the hell they're writing about. You know, yeah, back in the day they used to write about, you know, they wrote about drugs and partying and, you know, violence. And it's still written about this days. I mean, you still get that. But you get it today and it's very, very... Back then it wasn't as... Excessive, I should say, to write about. Like it is today. Because today, you know, every other word these rappers are using, you know, hoe, bitch, money, drugs, my cars, you know. That's all you hear. I'm not saying every artist does it, but what you get a lot of. And then you get a lot of the same beats. You know. And I know. I know. Every artist they reuse. They reuse. You know. Guitar riffs. And they flip them. And drum fills and they'll switch them up a little bit to make them sound different. They do it. Everybody does it. It's a common thing. You know, because you go in and, and you'll hear one song sound almost like the other identical. And sometimes one artist will sound like the other artist. Seen a video the other day where songs were getting compared and, you know, for the likes of like Breaking Benjamin was being compared to another song. One of their songs was being compared to another song. And I was like, wow. It's amazing to hear this. Like, I, I knew it happened. Like, I knew this happened. But just to hear it firsthand and really get a an insight of it being done was really just eye-opening. But back to this Eminem video thing. You know, this artist said that he wasn't one of the best. And I sat there thinking, wow, like Eminem is one of the best. And it's not because, you know, he's one of the the first, like, possibly true white rappers to really break out. 
it's not that. It's just what he wrote about. And I understand, like, he wrote about some really dark stuff. You know, and some stuff that, you know, could scare the shit out of you. You know, he talked about some brutal shit. And some people got scared by it. Some people were like, holy fuck, did this guy really do this? You know, did he really do this to this person? Or did he do that to that person? And later on down the road, you find out, like, you know, it was just more so, like, alter ego thoughts. It wasn't really something he did. But it's still the point. And then he started writing more albums about different stuff and more meaningful stuff. I mean, everything meant something when he wrote it. But, you know, he got off the subjects that he would normally cover. And he got deeper into different things. And just hearing this other artist just sit there and say he's not one of the best, it's like, wow. And then his next comment was, Eminem is a white guy stepping into a black person's world. Why do we have to go there? Why automatically in this world... I mean, bad enough, you know, I'm going to switch this up. Bad enough, this world today is divided by shit like racism and religion and all that stuff. But now for musicians and musical artists to, to do this, just to break it down like that. I mean, that's ridiculous. He came along and said, you know, he's a white man in a black man's world and he's only a guest in the hip-hop community. Only a guest in the hip-hop community. This guy has written, what, eight? Eight records, I think? Could be less, could be more. But anyways... He called him a guest in the genre that he is stuck to. Now, granted, you have, you know, artists like Lil Wayne who peered off and tried to do the rock thing and everything, but he still kept his hip-hop image. You know, you got artists like MGK who travels, you know, through different genres. Like, he'll play some rock stuff, he'll play some hip-hop stuff. You know, he, he kind of ventures off a little bit and does some different stuff when he writes music. There's nothing wrong with that. But to sit there and call him a guest, when he stuck consistently to the hip-hop sound, did not try and venture off in any way, shape, or form to do something different than to be a hip-hop artist, and you called him a guest... That's almost like saying, you know, I just moved out of my mom's house and I invited her over to my house. Like, honestly, I wouldn't consider my own parents a guest in my house. I would consider it pretty much their second home. Somewhere they know they can go if they need to. 
So I wouldn't consider them a guest in my house. I would consider them, you know, this is their second home. And the reason why I would say that is because if my parents didn't teach me the ways of life and how to do things, I wouldn't have been where I was at. Maybe I would have. I mean, you know, there's always the things of you do things on your own and you earn what you get and you earn your keep and all that different stuff. But it's still the fact of you learn your life lessons, most of your life lessons from your parents. So it's almost like a give back. It's almost like saying your home is their second home. They're not guests. This is just their second home. If they have a place they need to go, this is a place for them to go. So he sat there and said Eminem was a guest in the hip hop community. When he has consistently stuck with doing hip hop. So what I want to ask from the listeners of this is I want you guys to comment. I want you guys, you know, to comment and tell me what you think about that. Because honestly, I think Eminem is not a guest in the hip hop community. I think Eminem has made his mark. And who cares whether he got help from somebody or not? You know, yeah, Dr. Dre brought him up. But let, let's let's talk about this for a second, okay? If a prized fighter like Brock Lesnar you know would you consider him a guest somewhere okay after sticking consistently with something he's done so let's say for example Brock Lesnar didn't do the professional wrestling thing he went straight to the MMA and stuck with nothing but MMA just did the MMA thing now you got to start somewhere. Somebody somewhere has given you the tools and the base to get you to where you want to go. And that is exactly what Dr. Dre did for Eminem. Yeah, Eminem may have had some stuff written and ready to go. You know, everybody has that has that demo, as they like to call them, demos. It's a demonstration of... Their talent. That's almost like an NFL football player having a pro day with their college to show pro artists, uh, not pro artists, excuse me, to show pro scouts what they can do. So that college gave that football player a base also known as a pro day, to show off their skills. And that is exactly what Dr. Dre did for Eminem. He gave Eminem the base. He gave him the tools to do something spectacular, to make a name for himself. He did that. And Eminem took off from there. So I would like to know what you guys think of this. I would like to know what you guys think about this whole ordeal. 
do you guys think Eminem is a guest in the hip hop community or do you think he's made his mark? Do you think he has earned the right to call the hip hop community his home? Because I think he is definitely 110, 100 million percent earned his right to call the hip hop community his home for a very, very, very long time now. He's not just a guest. He is not a guest in the hip hop community. Because a lot of people that don't even like rapper hip hop have that respect for Eminem because they know what he has done over the past 15, 20 years being an artist. But what do you guys think? That's, that's my question. What do you guys think? Do you think Eminem is a guest in the hip hop community? Or do you think he has rightfully earned and paved his way to call the hip hop community his own? When we get back, we're going to touch up on one more subject. We're going to close out the pilot episode of the Metalcore More podcast. Going to take a quick break. We get back. We're going to touch up on one more subject, like I said, and we're going to close out episode one. So, be back. Welcome back to the Metalcore and More podcast. I have one more subject I want to catch up on today. Earlier today, I was having a discussion with my daughter, and she was like, I don't like rock music. And I was like, well, there's a few songs you like. I mean, you like Englewood by Fever 333. You like Grave Mistake by Ice Nine Kills. You like Linkin Park. You know, you like rock music. You like stuff from Papa Roach, like Born for Greatness. She was like, but yeah, a lot of it sounds really sad. And I said to her, but you got to listen to the meaning. You got to listen to what they're talking about. Because it's all not sad. It's not all, you know... Depressing music or sad music. There's positivity to it. You just got to pay attention to what they're saying. And she went along and said she didn't feel like it was very positive. And I said, all right. So I started playing a song from a band back in 2007 called Solidium. And this song, you know, pretty much has a huge positive outlook. And she still sat there and said, I just don't like the beat. And I'm like, you don't like the beat? And she's like, no, I don't like the beat. She's like, I just think it's way too much. And I said, hold on. I said, they're using real instruments. So they're going to have different tunings. You have a guitar, you have drums, you have a bass guitar. You know, they're going to have different tunings and it's giving them that sound to be able to write this song. It's not like they're using, you know, a drum pad or something to push buttons on to make a beat and give it bass. And then she goes, well, the lyrics too. And I said, yeah, well, they don't have somebody writing their lyrics for them. And she goes, my artists don't have that. And I said, yeah, they do. I said, some of your artists do have people writing their lyrics for them. 
And she's like, prove it. And I said, okay, Shawn Mendes at the age of 17. Justin Bieber at the age of, you know, 15. How the fuck do these artists know about love? And she goes, well, Shawn Mendes is 21. And I said, he still doesn't know about love. He's 21. My point being to this is, is we didn't argue. It was a great discussion. It was a fun discussion. Because of the fact my daughter is very much into music like I am. She just likes different stuff. But it, my point being is you don't have to argue about it. You can have fun and have these fun discussions, even if it's different. Even if you see a difference in the discussion, you can have fun with it. Because at the end of the day, you're both talking about something you have a passion for. And that, of its own, makes great conversation. So, for those of you who have children and that are getting into music and everything... Don't make it an argument. Make it a fun discussion. And you'll be surprised on how fun the discussion is at the end. Because we both laughed at this discussion when we were done. We did. We both laughed at this, this discussion when it was done. It was, it was a fun, fun talk. So I'm going to leave you guys with that. Um... Some fun things happening this week uh, for me personally. Um, I got two concerts I'm going to. I'm going to see Godsmack on Friday night, August 9th. I'm going to see Breaking Benjamin, Chevelle, and Three Days Grace on August 10th. And uh, looking forward to Slipknot's new record on August 9th. Um, This is going to be their first record in... Six years. So I'm pretty stoked for that. Pretty stoked for the new Slipknot record. I'd like to thank anybody who listened to this pilot episode. The first podcast of what I hope is many to come. Of the Metalcore and More podcasts. Like I said, got a lot of things lined up for the future. Got... The interview with Sammy from Skylight Heights in October in the fall. I'm working on things with other artists to try and get other interviews going. To give you guys some uh, some artist stories. And basically, when I speak to these artists, it's going to be about them. A lot of podcasters like to interview and do research and, and like to ask these questions to these artists and... Sometimes these artists, they feel uncomfortable or they'll stop the conversation early because they don't want to talk about this stuff. Well, I'm doing things a little different. When I interview an artist, it's going to be about them. And it's going to be their show. And they're going to be comfortable. I'm not going to put an artist in an uncomfortable position. So that's what's to look forward to on this podcast. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting, and I hope you guys join me for the ride. This is going to be a lot of fun, and uh, again, thank you guys for listening to the very first episode, the pilot episode of the Metalcore More podcast, and uh, speak to you guys next week. Till then, have a great weekend.
And uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs>